I hate it. I don't like sniffling. Welcome back to the watch list with Patty and Bill, but we'll get to that in a minute. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can catch up on all of your back episodes of the watch list uh, by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. Make sure you engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, and make sure that you go to Apple Podcasts and give us a good rating. We love to feed the algorithm gods. So sitting in for Patty tonight is David. What's up, David? What's up, Bill? So Patty is taking a break so that uh, she and her sister can have some good family time. So we wish them well and give them both huge shout outs. Hi, Sam. All right. So you and I have been geeking out for how long now? Oh, Weeks? Weeks. Months, probably? Yeah. Over the new Halloween Kills movie, which, okay, so we're recording this on a Saturday night. It dropped yesterday. So by the time this airs, it, it's Monday and it will have had a weekend. And it's supposed to have, as they say in the biz, a boffo weekend mm. at the box office, even though it is also streaming. And we'll get to that in a minute, too. So I kind of, and I've been dying to talk to you about this because I watched it first thing on Friday and I was like, oh, I got to talk to David. I got to talk to David. And I just, and I, and I just can't because I was trying to save it for the show. Yeah. So, and then you text me and tell me you saw it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to talk to you about it. I want to talk to you about it, but I can't because I want to <laughs> save it for the show. <laughs> so tell me what you thought of Halloween kills. Oof. Um, I think I, I wrote like a, a quick uh, review on Instagram. Um, kind of a couple of sentences I threw on my, my story of my initial thoughts. Um, I was left feeling a bit underwhelmed. Um, if I had to give it a score at the moment, I'm I'm hovering at a six, Ooh. possibly a six and a half. Ooh. Um, I thought this is the most brutal Michael we've ever seen. I think the kills were unique, um, visceral. Um, you know, there <laughs> there's people in horror movies who get killed, and then there's people who get fucking killed. <laughs> and <laughs> the people in this movie get fucking killed. And it's, yeah. it's incredible to see this uh, again, even counting the other movies that have been in the franchise, to see Michael at this uh again, we've never seen him this way. Um just uh it felt like there was a vengeance to him that we just hadn't seen before. Um, he had a singular purpose. Now, what that purpose is, I don't know at this at this moment. But I, I felt that it was unnecessarily short at, at a runtime of an hour and forty-five. They could. There was some room to play around with. Now. I will add that I had read the script for the movie sometime last year. 
Because remember, how'd you movie, read the script? So the movie was supposed to come out la- the same time last year, right. and had to, of course, pandemic not happen. This year we would have gotten Halloween ends. So by the time they had pushed back the movie, the movie was already done. So once the movie's done, rap production is when you can drill stuff starts to get out. And so basically, I had read a script for it, and I I read it. And a lot of the times when you see scripts like that, I found it on the, the Halloween movie subreddit. And a lot of times when you see scripts for movies leak, you have to take it with a huge grain of salt unless it's been, you know, years since it's come out, then you know it's official. But if it's a, for a movie that's upcoming, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But then as promotional material started coming out for it, it started to line up with what I had read. So I had read the script and i had that in my mind while i was reading it It did not take any enjoyment i I can separate it and enjoy the movie for what it was but there were key elements in the script that were not in the final movie the ending being one of the bigger ones that we'll get into that that a good 30 seconds to a minute was cut and i don't i can't fathom why they did it this way so I felt like there was definitely some room to grow as far as, um, I don't want to say story. Well, I guess story characterization uh, a little bit. We we got what we needed. But yeah, I just felt, I, I, I'm giving it the middle of the road grade for now because it this all depends on how it wraps up. Much like Empire initially was reviewed, it was tepid. Because at the time, you know, the bad guys win. You don't know what's going to happen. And so Empire was like, it's okay. And then as time went on, and then as that trilogy wrapped up after Return, people went back and went, God damn, Empire is it's still hold. It's the strongest one. It's so a I, masterpiece, yeah. It's a masterpiece. I, I'm not saying that Halloween Kills is a masterpiece per se, but I think it all depends on how they bring it home. If they have a slam dunk with Halloween ends, I think this this movie's in retrospect will lo- will be looked back on um, a lot more favorably. As it stands, though, I have to give it that rating right now. All right. So I was all geeked up to watch this, and like, what was it? Ten o'clock in the morning, I start this fucker. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start my morning off with my cornflakes and my slasher movies. (laughs) So I sit down and I and I always and shout out to my friend, uh, Mike in Chicago. What's going on, Mike? He and I have this Halloween uh, just tradition to know that the other even if we're not on the phone with each other, we watch the original Halloween on Halloween. That's Mm -hmm. our thing. Yep. When I watched Halloween Kills, I loved it. Mm. And I and I think I know where and I and I and I went and I started looking at other people's reviews too cuz I always do that. I want to see if I missed something, you know, yep. and I always look to check out easter eggs and I and I do all of that. We are watching Lord of the Rings. When we watch Halloween Kills. Mm. Halloween Kills. This movie is part of an epic. And Danny McBride. And who's the other guy? 
Uh, David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. I think they looked at Halloween as one massive movie. Mm. So beginning with Halloween 2018, which continues the story from the original Halloween. Do you remember the scene in, uh, um, was it Return of the King where they actually, or was it uh, Two Towers, where you actually see the backstory with with Gollum fighting for the ring oh, and man. it sinks, whichever one it was. Yeah. All right. Was that- remember that took up like five minutes of film or 10 yeah. minutes of film and and he's this happy-go-lucky little, little elf or halfling and they find this ring and then they fight over it and a murder happens and the whole bit, right? So I'm sitting there watching Halloween Kills. And then for however long, it was like seven or eight minutes or whatever the hell it was, you jump back in time to 1978. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What are they doing? And then when I see what they're doing, this movie absolutely eradicates if you had any doubt that Halloween 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, H2O, Resurrection, and all that shit never existed, they they completely sweep them under the rug with this movie. Yeah. And those seven minutes, whatever it is, tell you exactly what happened right after Loomis shoots Michael and he falls out of the window onto the ground and then his body disappears. Mm-hmm. It was at that moment that I thought, holy shit, they envisioned this as one big, long, epic film. Mm. So when I would talk with Mike and we would talk about the subsequent Halloween movies like four and five and six and all that, and they just kept getting bogged down in like explanation of this and that and how it sucked but you know we were on board because it was michael yeah the one reason you know like yeah, as you do you do um i started i would always go back and one of the reasons why halloween is so important to me is because he was just fucking evil You didn't know why Michael had the drive he did. You didn't know why he had the strength that he did, how he could come back. He just did. That music was perfect because it was foreboding. It always moved forward. And (laughs) the end of this movie, shit. Anyway, um, so I like that they have gotten back to the purity Mm-hmm. of the kills now spoiler alert people i think from this point on we're going to get into some like spoilers so if you don't want to know any spoilers you might want to skip ahead almost to the very end of the show but yes. anyway <laughs> um five four three two one all right So at the very end of the last movie, you see him locked in their safe room. He's on fire. He's going to burn, right? But you know two sequels are coming out. When he hides in the safe room, I'm like, all right, I call a little bullshit on that, but whatever. It advances the story, right? 
But you're right. You don't just get killed in this movie. You get fucking killed. But I liked how they kept that purity from the first one. They took bits and pieces of the universe of Michael Myers from the masks from Halloween three Hollywood Memorial or Haddonfield Memorial Hospital from Halloween two made it actually almost the set, the complete setting for this movie. Yeah. So they pay homage to that. But in the reviews that I read, it talks about lack of character development and all this other sort of shit because you don't need it. Mm. That was given in the original Halloween and in the one in 2018. This is the bridge movie. This movie gets you that middle segment of this epic. And I am down with that. I I love that. I was excited by this movie. And Anthony, I didn't think I'd like Anthony Michael Hall either in this movie. But he does a damn good job in this flick. Um. And I like how they got original people to come back. Yeah, that was cool. That was way cool because cool. it adds it adds to the reality of that universe. Yeah. I I just I I loved it. I would give it like a nine out of ten, and I and I and I say that because yeah, there's some bullshitty kind of things to it, mm-hmm. like why you needed uh, like the couples to get murdered. You know, both like both of those couples. I'm like, all right. But like you said, this is a very visceral Michael Myers. He will eradicate you mm-hmm. and, oh, in, in brutal ways. And I even think that that's in part homage to two things. One, the Rob Zombie Halloween, because the one thing that I liked about his Halloween and I didn't like much of his Halloweens at all. Mm. is the fact that that Michael Myers would go after you. He was a fast Michael Myers. He will kill you, and yeah. he will he will hunt you down. There was none of that slow walk bullshit. And the second thing is Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, had to ramp up the gore because by that time, Friday the 13th had come out, and Friday the 13th was an answer to Halloween. So they had to ramp up the gore. Mm-hmm. So that might have, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I see it as homage to that. But I see the original Halloween, 2018 Halloween, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends as its own. And forgive me for saying this, people. I know I'm going to get some shit from this from our 22 listeners. As the Lord of the Rings of the horror movie said. Mm. I see it as part of a grander story. And I think you're right. I think once we see Halloween ends and they better end it epically. Yeah. They better end it epically. No, no ambiguity, nothing. Yeah. But anyway, so that's what I thought of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I will say today I I went back to the subreddit just to, because it's filled with fans, it's not a really, I hate using this word, but it's not a toxic environment where you can share an opinion and people will just shit on you for it. It's yeah. a very open community where you can share opinions and it's just fans in there who love the franchise. Yeah. And so they had this whole kind of mega thread 
talking openly about spoilers and whatnot. And there were so many things that made me want to go back and watch it. Like I wanted to watch it before we started recording and I just didn't have the time to, but I, and maybe I'll go back and look and watch it again tonight. If I, if I can, there were things I missed. For example, um, they talk about, uh, so in that flashback, we found out with Sheriff Hawkins that they go inside the Myers house. This is after Michael has escaped or has gotten up from the six shots or seven shots that Loomis gives him at the end of, you know, uh, 78. And they wind up at the Myers house as him and his uh, police partner, I guess, uh, superior, but they're friends. This superior happened to know Michael when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And his mom used to make him play with Michael. And then it wasn't that he was a weird kid. He wasn't killing animals. He just said he would just stare out and look at the city. That's all he did was just want to stare out the window. like. Mm-hmm. And they go back to the Myers house where Michael goes. And the, the officer stands in front of the window. He gets attacked. Michael starts to choke out the officer. I didn't notice this. And I'm glad someone pointed this out. He is using a rope to choke out the, the cop. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot in 78 when Lori and her friend are driving and they stop at the hardware store where Sheriff Brackett is. Oh, yeah. Is oh, shit. Some ropes, some knives. And a rope. Never in a. I never. Holy that's shit. That's a throwaway. Like, you have to be a deep deep fan oh damn that in the movie and not have it be something so overt that like if you know what that is you know what it is like the whole time they brought up the rope it's like yeah what the hell did he do with the rope and now you see yeah that's clever super see that stuff i appreciate because it sorry it makes me want to go back and watch the movie with a new like all right i've already seen it now I can go back and really start to look for the things I may have missed because I was hmm. I, I want to get the story in first before I can go back and start looking for the Easter eggs and do all that stuff. Um, I will say the reason why I, I, I'm at a, a six or a six and a half is because there's a lot of inconsistency, not so much about plot, because I, I agree with you. And I think Gonzo is another big, uh, and shout out to Gonzo. Shout out. Huge, huge Halloween. Uh, I, I think Exorcist is his favorite horror movie of all time. Halloween has to be like right after that. So we wow. all have that in common. And he was just as excited. I and mean, we've been discussing it ad nauseum. And, you know, he we left some voice messages for each other. He left one last night. And, you know, he was, he gave, he was a little bit harsher in his, his, review of it than I was. Um, But one of the things that we were kind of left confused, I guess, Uh and I guess needing clarification is, okay, so we always had this idea that it, there was something about Lori that drew Michael to her, Mm -hmm. whether it be that she got away, whether it be that she reminded him of Judith, Whatever it was, there was something about Lori that mm. just there was this 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 kinship, this weird 
cosmic connection that they had that you can't you can't put together but they they exist in, in spite of one another or because of one another they're just there and you go okay you remove the second movie from the equation right so in all she had what five ten minutes i think with mike in 78 where she like really gets the face off with him right it's not that at screen time maybe less but like as far as like having that interaction with him she was the last one left basically before loomis finds him right um so she spends her 40 years gearing up in hopes now of course i i I guess the whole point is uh, you're not supposed to judge someone's trauma and how uh, something like that could affect someone for that long. But then it's like you hear from Hawkins because Laurie's adamant. He's coming to the hospital. He's coming to kill me. He's coming after me. He's going to finish this tonight. And then you hear from Hawkins, well, no, Laurie, he's not coming for you. The only reason he got to you was because the crazy-ass doctor wanted to see was also under the assumption that you meant something to Michael and he wanted to see you together again, basically, but he's not after you. And I felt like that should have been more of a punch to Lori. Like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And they can explain, listen, Dr. Zartain and I, I, I know what they were trying to do. They needed Allison away, but Allison is in the, the car with all this in 2018. Listen, Zartain just wanted to bring Michael to you because he wanted to, he just wants to know what the hell makes Michael work. And the only plausible thing he can think of is, is you, Laurie Strode, are the reason he's out and he's out for vengeance, whatever the case. But then you say, well, no, he just wants to go home. And I felt like that's, imagine dedicating your life, sacrificing two marriages, sacrificing the relationship with your daughter and granddaughter, because you are so fixated about the possibility of this boogeyman getting free. And if that day ever comes, I'm going to vanquish him. And Mm -hmm. basically your whole life being thrown out to then find out, I, I forget the movie quote, but it's like, you know, for you, I came into your life and completely turned it upside down and burnt it to the ground. But for me, it was just another Tuesday. Mm. You just happened to be in my way of what. What I, movie is that from? I don't remember, but I saw it in a meme and I was like, yeah. To me, that's the gut punch to Lori. Like, holy shit. I I felt like if she has that moment of... Like, no, you don't understand. Like, like she kind of has that with Hawkins and he kind of brings her back to reality. But I feel like it doesn't quite set in for her. They have this whole dialogue about how he's evil and how he feeds off the fear of the people. But for her to dedicate half of her life to this and then to find out it's not about her it's not about you and it's not about any of us really it it may maybe it's the town mike just has it but it it, 
kind of throws a monkey wrench into it where it's like, well, okay, so his motivation from the original timeline was that Lori was a sister and he was finishing the job. Mm -hmm. Then they had to go supernatural with it because honestly, that was the only way they could go with it to give us some explanation. So you say, well, the hell with that. Um, They were never related. Okay, so then there is something there that he sees in Lori. Okay, I'm down with that because they kind of touch on that in 2018 and it feels that way. Like, oh, there's a definite like something there. Like mm-hmm. they, there's a something. But then you you go and say, oh, no, that, that's that's not the case. Yeah, yeah he, he's just, he, he wants to go home. And you're like, uh, last night I'm in my head, I'm like, Okay, yeah, I could see he wants to go home, and of course you're you're setting up for a third, but like, I would want to see that. Like, all right, you're not going to have Lori involved with the mob of people wanting to get back at and, and and get their revenge on Michael because she's so fucked up from 2018. Fine, give her that character building moment where she has a breakdown. Where she goes, holy fuck, I sacrificed everything for you? Thinking, well, to Karen, like, I sacrificed thinking that I was going to keep you safe. I blew my life away. It was for nothing. And now he's back. And then I think I conquer my demons. And turns out I didn't. That would be such an incredible mindfuck. And now we're getting into really super spoiler territory here. And I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about the part of the script that they left out. So in the script, Bill, mm. um, as we know, Karen sees, which again, that was a head scratching moment for me because I'm like, all right, you see the apparition of a little boy, right? We already know some freaky shit's going down, right? You were mm. just in the murder house. Mm-hmm. I don't care that there's a little person or a, a, a child up in that room that you see a reflection of. Mm-hmm. I ain't going, I ain't going up there. Cause some fucker. True. Like, I am right. Not. No. Right. I'm yeah. Okay. Doing that. And it feels like there's something about that specific spot, because if you remember that the cop who gets killed in 78 was standing in that direct spot that Michael was, it's the same spot that he says Michael will look out into the city. Same spot the cop gets shot. In the same spot, Karen winds up getting killed a la Judith, staring out to the window, staring into her reflection. And I feel like that's going to be, and this is a, a little bit of a, uh, a dive, you know, taking a tangent here. I feel like that's going to tie into the third. They have been very careful to not truly show what Mike looks like. Even on the TV, when they show his mugshot, they blur it. When he's mm. walking without the mask, it's blurred. Yeah, even it's in he, shadows and blurred and all that. Even in 2018, it's close-up shots, but it's it's never in focus. I think there's there's something there with Mike's looking at himself and a reflection of himself and why he always needs the mask. There's something there. I don't know where they're going with it. But going back to the point, Karen goes up there. She gets killed while Lori is giving this, 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 this dialogue about evil. And they, and they have this cut back and forth between 
Michael, and then it cuts to Lori, Michael, Lori, Michael, Lori, and then it, the film ends. Mm-hmm. In the script, and I don't remember why or, or, or what the reason was, Lori calls Karen to check on her. Mm-hmm. Michael picks up the cell phone, very reminiscent of 78 after right. he was best friend. Yeah. When she doesn't hear anything on the other end of the line, she knows. At that mm. And while Michael's breathing, all she says to him is, you better get ready. You better do what you got to do. Because I swear to God, when I find you, and I'm going to find you, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Liam Neeson, yeah. Even if, even if I go down swinging, then both of us will die. I'm going to fucking kill you. Mm. And I know this to be, it was filmed for the movie because in the promotional materials and the teasers and the TV spots, there is a scene with Lori walking out of the hospital or walking yeah. the hallway with a knife in her hand. That was to be the closing shot. She was going to hang up the phone, walk out of the hospital, and then very like, uh, very much like 2018, where the closing shot was that, uh, that still frame of Allison holding the knife, it would have been the still frame of Lori holding that same knife. And that would have been the closing shot. That's why I felt it was so jarring that they had, they chose to end on that note of flash cut, flash cut, flash cut, flash cut, credits. With this, again, this understanding, you just... You went out of your way to tell us he wasn't after you. And now it feels like he made it personal. But we don't understand. And I guess that's what the third one will help us help to get there. But it was right. just little things like that. Like, that's fine. If, if you want to get away from them being related, I'm on board. Totally on board with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But then there has to be something that draws them to each other whatever the case may be. And I don't know now if in this Halloween ends, if Lori will be the predator now and Michael's the prey, but David Gordon Green has gone on record to state that there will be a time jump. Yeah. Four years, it says. Four years. And that there'll be some epic twist. When I hear things like that, I get nervous because I, I, I don't know what else He's already gone on record of saying in his version, Michael, Michael isn't supernatural. He does impro- like improbable, crazy things, but not impossible. When we're dealing with apparitions and ghostly figures, I the man took how many bullets and, and kills, right? He got he got shot close range. How many times? When and stabbed. And with stabbed. with a complete butcher knife. I mean, the whole thing went into his back. Yeah. The butcher knife, the, the pitchfork. He got beat yep. to death and he kept yep. getting up. And what else would you call that? There's if it's not he's not superhuman because he bleeds. We've seen this. So what else is there? So it's it's again, just small things. Um like that i'm trying to find the exact wording um 
of that scene. I downloaded that script um, because I, I, I needed to... It's a, it's a very short script, too. It's only 117 pages. Yeah. Um, well, here's my thing. And I... And... <sighs> My first problem with the movie, and and believe me, even though I give it a 9 out of 10, I, I did have problems with it, was you go back in time. And anytime you add, I would say, texture to something that is so firmly established, mm. you know, then I start to get nitpicky. Mm. Because when you watch the 1978 Halloween, it looks grainy. It was on film. Yeah. You know, what we watch on Blu-ray and what we watch on, on DVD and all that stuff is just a transfer of that. So it still looks a little bit grainy, even though they've sharpened it up and all that. I would have appreciated that from a filmmaker's standpoint mm. to kind of match the look of it a little bit better if you're going back in time. And I thought they did a... a great job with the atmosphere yeah the mask oh but uh, yes because they younged up the mask to make it match how many movies have we gotten where all they've tried to do is oh. recreate the goddamn mask from part one and no one's come close. oh oh the mask in the, the mask in four was good the mask in five and six were i the mask in five was just laughable yeah but anyhow um and I knew that they had to completely eradicate Halloween 2 and everything after that. So, yes, you pick it up on that night after Michael disappears and he's back in the neighborhood. What I just didn't get is, so what house was Lori in in the original Halloween? Was she in? Which house was she in? That's a great question. I wanted to. She was babysitting, so she wasn't at their residence. She was at. Uh, she was at um, what's her face is um, uh, the little girl's house, I think, it was right? Doyle's house, wasn't it? Was it Tommy Doyle's house? Because I think, um, Lindsay. Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was Lindsay's. Wait, was it Lindsay? No, it it was Tommy Doyle's house because she was ba babysitting Tommy Doyle, and Lindsay came over because she was being babysat by she, what's she her face? Not the wrong by Annie by yeah. Annie. Lindsay. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> so Michael goes home. Yes, and you see his footprints standing there. And the cop says he's just standing out looking at the city. Mm -hmm. All right. I have two thoughts on this, and this is going to get super geeky for a second. Yeah. One of the things that I admired about Revenge of the Sith and about um, Attack of the Clones, actually, I think it was Attack of the Clones did this. You see Anakin standing there on a porch on Naboo. And he's standing there like his with his arms behind his back, like he does on his Star Destroyer and Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. And when Padme comes up to him and she says, I'm sorry, I disturbed you. No, don't leave. Your presence is soothing. 
And you can tell that's when Vader is meditating. And then that adds a little bit of depth to that shot in Empire when he's looking out of the window meditating. All right? Mm-hmm. That's the feeling I got that they were trying to do with Halloween kills staring out of the window. Mm-hmm. But I have got, and I have to trust this, and, I, and I'm trusting them so far. Because I think they have done a really great job. These are certainly the best sequels out of all of them. And I'm even going back to the original 70 or uh, 81 Halloween 2. Yeah. What I like and I trust is that they will wrap it up and explain everything. Oh, I, 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 I don't think they are going to leave us hanging. I expect there to be a twist. Yeah. Whether it's Michael actually staring at something, is Michael possessed? Is you know, is he just fucking crazy? What is the connection with Lori? You have to answer that. Yeah. Because in the 2018 Halloween, he's obviously after Lori. Because the doctor thinks he kills uh the cop. Mm-hmm. So if it's really the cop that Michael is after, theoretically, that should have ended the story, you know, because then Michael would have sensed or whatever the fuck, you know, that the cop was dead and that his mission was over. Yeah, but I think that's it was very I'll compare it to Last Jedi. Where. Ray and Kylo have the talk after they battle with the, uh, you know, they team up where yep. Kylo says your parents are nothing. You're nothing. You come from no one. Yeah. It was very like, kind of like that. Like, okay. So, and I don't believe that Hawkins believe he was after him and Hawkins mind. I believe Hawkins just feels incredible remorse and guilt for a having accidentally killed the other cop yeah, and B, yeah. not letting Loomis shoot him when he had the chance. Yeah. In his mind, he has to be the one to kill him because he has to make good on all the stuff that happened prior. It comes across and I don't think it was the filmmaker's intention whatsoever, but when you put that context of, Okay, so Dr. Zartain was bringing, purposefully bringing, because remember, Lori was at her compound. Yes. Michael, more than likely, was just headed home. Remember, because he, he, he killed Zartain Al- freed Michael. Correct. So, so what I'll say is, okay, I'm, I'm trying to remember here. So, Michael kills Oscar. And I love mm-hmm. that scene in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> and that 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 piece of music, it's called The Shape Hunts Allison, is some of the best original, original stuff they've done with the score mm. of Halloween. But it's when she's just there and she sees Oscar hanging on the fence and that guitar riff comes and it's just Michael coming around at the side of the fence and he sees her. It's interesting, you don't really... You don't see him go after her. And now with that context, I'm looking, I'm thinking about 2018 
with the information that we just received, he doesn't go after Allison. And much different than 78, the neighbors come out to comfort her and make sure she's okay. And mm-hmm. like stay with her. And then Hawkins and Zartain find her and say, hey, we're going to take you to Lori. But at this point, Mike's, he's a couple, he's not looking for, like in his mind, it's like Mike's headed home. And I'm like, now with that in context, I'm like, oh shit, yeah. The only reason he got to Lori's house was Zartain took him there. But it was never Michael's intention to get there, right? Like he... He just wanted to go home. Like he, he escapes, which we know now it wasn't Michael who did it. It was probably Dr. Zartain. This whole thing was his fault Mm -hmm. because Michael's been put away for 40 years and Zartain's like, I want to see him in the wild. So what better way? So Zartain basically makes this accident happen, sends Michael on this war path. So Michael comes back to Haddonfield. He kills the two podcasters, right? And you can kind of understand why. Wait, what was that noise? I'm just kidding. (laughs) You (laughs) kind of understand why he did it. He gets his mask back. And now with what we've seen in Halloween Kills, it makes even more sense. Like, oh, that's his, right? That's, That's his, even the way he holds it and looks at it, there's something that draws him to it. And he puts it on. He escaped, but then that's really, he just goes back into Haddonfield. If you think about it, he goes directly into Haddonfield. He murders two people, but it was very, his motivation, and I'm, I'm talking myself into liking the movie more as we're talking more. See, but that's what I'm saying to you. Okay. He, his motivation hasn't changed. He's going, he's going home. Right? It's it's yeah. not until people get in his fucking way in this movie. True. He just wants to go home. Now, granted, in his mind, going home is involving murdering people along the way. Yes. In his way, but he's just going home. In his mind, it's just like, I, I kill because I'm going home. And Hawkins kind of puts it there when he's like, he's a six-year-old boy with the strength of a man. But driven by something evil. I, I forget the, the the full quote, but it makes even more when you put that into context. And I say all that to say when it came to Hawkins, I don't think Hawkins believes he's it. It just, to my previous point of Lori, that gut punch, like, holy mm-hmm. shit, you're right. If it wasn't for this doctor coming in and, like, I felt like that's where you could have had more screen time before with Allison and Karen and Lori, where Hawkins says that, and then Allison goes, no, Grandma, he's he's right. I was in the car with him. Yeah, but, he but, wasn't after us. He just, we just so happened to end up where we were going, and that was that. But like I said, I think I have to trust David Gordon Green and Danny McBride to answer that later. Yes. Yes. And and, and the only thing, the only flaw in that theory is the original Halloween. Because now I'm going back in my mind thinking, okay, so Loomis says, 
he's come home. Mm. He makes it a point of saying he's come home. But why then break into the hardware store, steal a rope, which is a brilliant call out, by mm. the way. Thank you. That adds some texture for me. Yeah. Um, and a couple of knives. Why do that? I mean, I get, yes, he, he kills the unfortunate dog as food, but why then track down the babysitters in a house that was not his when his house was abandoned? If he just wants to go home, he basically has a clear shot home. Yeah. Why why kill? Why kill and very specifically why hop around the neighborhood and do that? Yeah. That that's a great that's a great question. I always wondered that. I always thought it was maybe when Lori steps at you know, goes to drop the key off and he sees her. And maybe because that's the first time that he sees Lori. Correct. And ever since then, he starts stalking her. So I always thought maybe there was something in her that reminds him of Judith. Also, speaking of Judith, another great moment in the script, which was not in the movie, and I don't know why they mm -hmm. cut it. So after the sneak attack with the pitchfork, mm -hmm. as improbable as that was, we're, right, whatever. And then takes off the mask. Smart move. No one's ever thought yep. to do that other than Lindsay and 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 Lori. Yep. Um, also love that they brought, uh, not brought back, but included Tony Moran. He never gets enough credit when it comes to Halloween. I mean, he is was the face of Michael Myers. Like, yes, Nick Castle was the stunt guy, and right, but he, awesome. but. But but Moran was the guy unmasked in the Correct. first one. That's the face. Like, that's him. That's um, the dude. And I love that they actually brought that back. Like, you don't know. That's what he looked like. Um, there is a scene, that scene in the script where she takes off the mask and starts egging him on. She mentions Judith and it stops him in his tracks. So she has the mask and she's taunting him when she's like, this is what you want. Come out, come, come find me or whatever. When they're, she's leaving the house. She says, uh, and I have it already pulled up here. Here it is. Um, Cause he's trying to go after uh, Allison. At this point, um, and then she, I don't know if they kept this in the movie. She spits on Mike. I don't think she does that in the movie. No. But in this I, one, she spits on him after taking off the mask and and says that was for Ray, which I thought was pretty cool. But anyway, he gets back up. He starts going back after Allison again. Mm -hmm. reading from the, the script itself. He starts going after Allison. So she's trying to, she's desperately trying to get him away from that, mm -hmm. away from her daughter. So she says, what's wrong? Lost something. And at that point, she's got the mask. That doesn't work. She's, he still is going after Allison. Doesn't phase him. So it's not until she says, what would Judith, 
what would Judah think, Michael? And then he stops in his tracks. And then he turns to face Karen. That's when she says, gotcha. Then she has this monologue with him where she's, she asks him, why'd you kill her? Did she pick on you all the time, make you feel worthless, make you feel like the black sheep of the family? Well, good for her, because that's exactly what you are. She deserved better than a piece of shit brother like you. What did she wrong to make you kill her? And then they would have focused on his fucked up eye. Right. And then Karen would have said, poor little Judith. And then at that point, he lunges for her. And then she takes off, and then we get to the mob at that point. Right. But they reworked right. the scene to basically be, they cut all that out to just have her, have him chase after her, and then she drops the mask or whatever. But that bit of context where she has that scene where she brings up Judith and that completely, whoa. Because well, no one's brought up Judith to him directly to his face since. Right. Other than probably Loomis, but like to have, I thought that was a really cool moment where we get to see Karen not only get her revenge, but also is like a, a mind fuck to Michael. But that's but that's the ultimate downfall of re- of reading anything. Yeah. You know, that and you even said this and it was a good point of it really not being official official. You know, cuz anybody could say this was the shooting script for anything. And shit gets changed. Shit always gets yeah. changed. This was definitely probably the next to final draft i wouldn't be surprised and they change i know it's official because most of the major storyline beats are the same just with some added tweaks here and there but we've got two hours left in this saga we have got two hours left and the only thing we know for sure there there are a couple of things that we know for sure one obviously michael is still alive Laurie is still alive. I don't think that, I mean, the synopsis on Wikipedia says that the daughter is dead. Um, Script says she's, she's dead as well. Yeah. Like uh, what's her, what's her face? Uh, Karen. Karen. That Karen is dead again. Why the fuck she would go into the house in the first place. (laughs) That, that, that's like stupid. Like, why the fuck are you going into that house? And, and I wouldn't know, go into that house. Exactly. I love how in the script, though, again, it's uh, again, I know it's it was probably changed, but it's one of those things that if this had been what they did on screen, I think it would have translated a bit more. In the script, when she sees it, she runs back into the house because she believes it's a it's a child. Like she believes it's uh, in the neighborhood so she runs after thinking oh my god there's a kid in there well and and the final product she's like creeping in slowly and walking in slowly well but she sees the image of the boy in the clown outfit correct that window yeah And and so yes there's sort of that ghostly shit but you couldn't wait until fucking morning. You couldn't dig, you know, like seven to ten townspeople with you or a cop or somebody with a gun or 
or there's all those paramedics and EMS people there, right? Yeah. What we can gather, I'm not a good at geography, but they're what, a block away from where the townspeople were supposed to be killing Michael, right? Yep. Yep. No one heard these screams and wails of these townspeople getting butchered by Michael a block away. Yeah. Not only that, no one thought to tell these paramedics, hey, thank you for saving us and my daughter. Thank you for the blanket to, to warm us. Oh, by the way, there's a about a group of 50 of us down the street who are killing Michael right now. You know, you may want to just go check and make sure that everyone's good over there. Yeah, yeah. Because I've emptied a clip in him. I've stabbed him with a pitchfork. So you may want to just check to make you sure. You may want to go check. Yeah. Take a pulse. Take a, yeah. Check Take on the pulse. People. They're about a block away. Yeah. Please just make sure that everything's going to plan because it's all quiet over there. And that's and see that's and that's another thing I call bullshit on. You know, there's always that you know, why does the woman go back into an obvious murder situation? Why? But okay, even accepting that there is it makes me wonder why Michael would choose that spot. Mm-hmm. And where is that in the house? Is that in his room or in Judith's room? Judith's room, yeah. Right. So she's in the original Halloween. She's sitting at her vanity, mm-hmm. half naked after having the shortest lay in the entire history of the movie business. Although there, although there is a reason for that. Which is which is very interesting, and I will get to you in a in a in a minute. But she's sitting at her vanity in front of that window, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. the The window is over there. The window is like directly to her right. It's directly to her right. So that is the window. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, why this little hussy is sitting there with just this sheer top on, where you could see boobies sitting in front of the window? Okay, whatever. But he goes back to that spot. Mm-hmm. There has to be something about that mm-hmm. that we don't know. And maybe they took it out of the script that you read and are fleshing it out. But I have no doubt. Mm-hmm. And we have placed a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of faith in these guys yeah. to shepherd this series. And I think they have done an incredible job. Yeah. Because they know the lore of it. They know the details. They know the, the, the stuff that, that makes it make sense. I have to believe that they will make this make sense. And at the very least, not be as stupid as Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. You know, so... I can't really fault... Four and five will always have a soft spot in my heart. And the reason why is because when I was a kid, um, my mom would always schedule my pediatrics appointment on Halloween. <laughs> we were in a very religious household, so like Halloween was a no-go. So she right. was like, we're not going to school anyway. We'll do doctor's appointments. But when I would get home, I'd always sneak and watch AMC, and they always had them playing. 
Oh, that's cool. All right. So, so I always have, that's why Halloween is my favorite horror franchise because I fell in love with it. They would always show four and five and two. Yep. They would only show one, like either the night of or like every now and then, but it was always two, four and five that were always on heavy rotation, heavy, heavy, heavy. Wait, wait. So what year was that? If you don't mind uh, me asking. Oh boy. So that had to have been 90. Blah, 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 blah. I remember it vividly. So it has to be around, I know it was in elementary probably. Okay. Yeah. Elementary school. And the, and the reason I say that is four and five will always hold a special place in my heart as well. Because, and I, and I know that I'm young and I'm older than you by you know how many years I, I forget, but whatever. Yeah. So seeing these in movie theaters, yeah. you know, after the, the intention was there, but the execution was shit. The, the, the Halloween three season of the witch, the intent to create an anthology series based on Halloween, I think was a concept before it's time. Yeah, I agree. You know, you know, so if they had done that now, we would have maybe seen that on Netflix or something like yeah. part one was this story. Part two was yeah. a completely separate story. And maybe by the time you got to part five or six, they would somehow all wrap together, but yeah. be separate stories, but whatever. Season of the witch is now a, like a cult favorite because of that, because people have gone back and said, well, we know it's not part of the Halloween movie, but like, what's it about? And they've gone back and go, actually as its own. Right. It's the concept was the concept was sound. Yes. It's a shit movie, but the concept was there. Yeah. But but the last time I saw Halloween 2, you know, Halloween 2 came out in 81 when I was a young buck of 10. And then you jump to what is it 80, I want to say 88? Yes. When Halloween 4 came out, I was excited as shit because plastered right on that poster was the image of Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And, it, and, the, and the subtitle was The Return of Michael Myers. Yes, I am down with this because I was actually always down with the reasoning of that being his sister. Yeah. I, en I enjoyed that because that made it make sense. He went after... He killed one sister. He had another one that he needed to kill. And then in four, when you find out that Lori had a daughter, he had to go after her as well. I was on board with that whole storyline. When you start getting into all that weird kind of ritual shit that they got into with six, then then you lost me. Oh, you weren't you weren't a fan of the man in black? No, I was. In five, I absolutely was. And I'll tell you why. The man in black. When he gets off that bus for the very first time and all you see are the spurs and the boots and it's black. And I'm like, oh, who the fuck is this? Oh, this could be intriguing. And you know who I thought it was originally? I thought it was Lori. I originally thought that when because the last shot of five, you go through the jail and all the cops are executed. Michael is broken out. And you see the little girl crying and she's saying, no, no. And then cut to credit. I thought that Lori had broken him out of jail 
to kidnap him and go kill him. Mm. That was always my hope for Halloween 6. What I got was shit on a plate. And <laughs> and what and, and the and the and the very first screen presence of was it Paul Stephen Rudd yes uh, as Tommy Doyle. Shout out to Paul Rudd, man! You Not you 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 made the most of it anyway. Yes, um, but I that's why I was on board with those because I think the mythology was still there. Yeah, their execution went way down, and but yeah. And then Donald Pleasance died in the middle of six. Yeah. So you were hosed. Yeah. And um, it's like, what What else could you possibly do, right? Because you had, you leave these little breadcrumbs. And John Carpenter was like, we didn't even think, we didn't even want to do a part two. They kind of forced us to do a part two. And you leave these, like, all right, what else can we do for Michael's motivation? I don't fucking know, Deborah. She's his sister. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. But then you leave that breadcrumb in part one of, well, what do you mean he's driving? He can't drive. Well, maybe someone was giving him lessons. Oh, yep. Okay. And then in part two, you go, well, she's a sister. And then you have the whole Sam Hain written in blood. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, the man did survive this. And okay, he's he's burned. He burned alive. But clearly there was something there. If you want to bring him back, there's literally no other way to go with that story with what we got as an audience than to go, yeah, it's a supernatural thing. Should he have should have gone that way? No. I like the twist of bringing back the doctor or the head. Yes. The, the head uh, of the institution. Yes. That made sense. He didn't have to go culty with it, but at least that made sense. Like, oh, yeah, yeah that's a great tie-in, but... Like, yeah, I did teach him the drive, actually, and I helped him get out. Yeah. I actually like that whole thing with, with maybe there. You know what's interesting, though? I don't know if you've ever seen that deleted scene of it may be a deleted scene of one or two. I think it's a, it's of one. It's Loomis having a meeting with the board. Yes. Yes. Hospital. It was actually in the television version of Halloween. Yes. And because there are three versions of Halloween, I think. And they had to, because they had to cut out so much back then for TV, they had to go back and refilm parts yep. to extend the, the time, the running time again. And that board scene was one of them. And I, that's how you know that McBride and Gordon and the other gentleman who's, who's rights with them are fans because that scene is when Loomis sees Michael, what's he doing? He's staring out the window. The That's, window. There's something there with him and reflection. Mm -hmm. you know what it is what he sees in himself, but they make it very clear that he doesn't like looking at himself. When they go in 2018, when they're doing the transfer of prisoners, where's Michael facing? The window. Mm. he's it's not that he's a like in, in in rob zombies halloween he's always wants to cover his face he never wants to show his face right right the reason is I, I don't want them to look at my ugliness because he can recognize the ugliness in himself and this one it's not like he needs because he walks around he's been in prison this whole time with the mask on but he's always to the back to his back with somebody 
And when he does go after people, it's dark. So it's not like he's afraid to show his face, but he would rather not. And it's almost like he needs to be at that window to look at himself because there's something in there that drives him. And we, we don't, we don't know. I maybe so, the twist will be that because I, I had this idea in my head. I always wanted to make a Halloween movie that didn't involve Michael Myers, but not a seasons of the season of the witch. I would start the movie with that very famous quote. Uh, I, I don't know if it's Einstein or one of the very famous scientists who says, you know, energy, energy is either transferable. Yeah. 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 Or, or it changes, but energy cannot be destroyed. And to me, that essence of evil, that pure evil that they say Michael is, if he were to be killed or destroyed, his, his, that vessel that he has, whatever it is that's in him that drives him to do and, and drives him to do what he does has to go somewhere. That, that never leaves. So to your point, and, and I think you're right, to your point, there are two things. Have you ever read the novelization for the first Halloween? I've been trying to get my hands on it for a very long time. I will lend it to you. Oh, boy. I've got that fucker. And I have had it since 1978. I got Actually, no, I haven't. I bought a copy and it got lost to time like all things do. Moves and all that stuff. But then I reacquired a copy in a bookstore. In that novelization, they talk about Sam Hain. And the very first part of that book are the rituals, the old Celtic rituals of Sam Hain and, and evil. And how evil has to be appeased with sacrifice. And that Michael, like you said, is a vessel for this. And so in that TV version where you see Sam Hain written on the wall, that made sense to me. Mm. So then, and, and I forgot where I was going, the second thing. Ah, oh, damn it. It was perfect. It was a perfect point, and I'd completely lost it. Ah, yes. At the end of uh, 4, Halloween 4, where little, was it Jamie? whatever the fuck her name was, yeah. what Jamie, mm -hmm. when she gets in the clown costume and she stabs somebody and Loomis comes up and you hear that breathing and you see her with the knife and he goes, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. But it gives credence to that evil isn't destroyed. It's merely transferred. Correct. I thought that that was a brilliant thing to do. Yeah. I thought so too. And that, that, that's why, so, and, and real quick, the, the closing uh, monologue is when, you know, so Karen dies. And yeah. we know. But basically the, the phone rings, Michael picks up. Lori's saying, Karen, hello, Karen. She's yelling, Karen. She knows at this point. She says, you know, she, she lays her head against the wall. She takes a breath. She took the phone down to, to give herself that pause. And she says, determined, run. 
run as far as you possibly can. I'm coming for you. I'm never going to stop coming for you until I put you in the ground and send you back to hell. And she drops the phone. And then you've seen in the trailer, she makes that exit out of the hospital and they freeze frame into the knife. The same knife from the from 2018 that they cut on. It's the same one they did, they would have done on this one. Mm. That, I love that attention to detail where it's like, yes, it's almost like that knife is going through people and maybe eventually ends up back in Michael's hands. And I don't know if this means the the big twist will be that someone else becomes Michael in a sense. I hope it's not Allison because that's just retreading, but I can't well, what other what what other twist that would be. But here's the thing, and I and and thank you people for for hanging with us for this last <laughs> yeah. hour and ten minutes. <laughs> but I I I think a couple of things with that. You cannot make a movie titled Halloween Ends. Yeah. With an ambiguous ending. Very true. Very I true. do not think that they would fuck us over like that. Yeah. I think they fully intended to, as I said at the beginning of all of this, make an epic. Mm-hmm. One beginning to end that began with Carpenter in 78 and that is going to end in 2022. Yeah. I think now, it will be over. Do you I, think... I'm sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just quick question for you. Do you think them announcing two and three at the same time also kind of hurt perception? Because unknowingly or not, like with Star Wars, you know there's going to be a one, a two, and a three. Sure. Right? You know this. It's just you you already know that going in. Most Marvel movies, you know there's going to be a trilogy. But Mm -hmm. they're very... They don't really announce it ahead of time, especially in like a trailer thing. Do you think that hurt public perception when you go, hey, not only are we coming back Halloween Kills in 2020 or would have been 2021, here's the release date for Halloween Ends as well. And so you go, oh, I know we're getting a sequel, but I know that's not going to be it. No. Knowing that we're going to – this is a – because some people will look at this as a big setup for three. Mm-hmm. As it people, is. And some people don't like that. Some people like their sequels to continue the story, but it could serve it could serve as its own movie if need be. You can watch it and still get enjoyment out of it. Do you think announcing, hey, here's a two and a three the following year, does that public perception goes, oh, I'm I'm still looking forward to it. doesn't take anything away from it. But I know that ultimately, like, the third one's going to be the most important one. So, like, eh. All right. So I have two thoughts. One was a carryover thought from before, and then I'll answer your question. I have to believe that they are not going to pull a Last Jedi Rise of Skywalker on us. Mm-hmm. In Force Awakens, and yes, Folks, I did make the leap back to Star Wars, as I do. So we do. Where Maz Kanata says a story for another time about Luke's fucking lightsaber. 
We are still waiting for the story of how Luke's fucking lightsaber got into Maz Kanata's hand. Yeah. To hand back to Rey. And as much as I... And I, I know I'm probably in the minority for this. I did like Last Jedi. I took Last Jedi as it as its own thing. Do I believe in the whole fuel thing? No. No. Mm-hmm. I thought that was stupid. But chasing chasing them, fine, whatever. But then when you drop the pivotal things that I think J.J. Abrams was trying to set up, mm-hmm. Ray's lineage, the lightsaber, how that ties into it, those things were meant to be addressed. They ended up getting dropped because, you know, you only have two and a half hours to wrap up the entire Star Wars saga. Something's got to go. Yeah. But I felt cheated. I don't think that these guys would have made a an announcement saying that they're, they're, it ends in the title. I don't think they would do that and not explain Ray's lightsaber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I okay. Yeah. That, I, I, yeah. That being said, I think they set expectation by saying we are doing these two movies essentially in back-to-back years. This is the bridge. This is the end. And that's, if you, yeah, that's what I meant. Not so much that. Did it hurt? Because I do believe they're going to wrap it up and and definitely answer questions and and have it as clean as possible. I do think that. My main thing was more so the public going, well, you told us these two movies were coming out back to back, which is great. We love them. We love 2018. So yeah, great. More Halloween. I'm not going to complain. But you're also telling us, okay, so we... It's not like if this would have ended without the third one being announced, that people go, holy shit. Ah. We know we're getting third, but man, what a way to kind of leave us wanting when's the next coming, basically. Like that that build and anticipation versus, oh, well, you know, well, yes, to wait a little bit, but. So if you remember. And I'm going to and I'm going to name drop two franchises, the Halloween franchise from the 80s and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. So Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the the film debut of one Patricia Arquette, by the way, you know, they put Freddy into the ground and all that, but there's always that little end, that little musical cue, that little visual that says Freddy's still around. Jump to jump to Nightmare on Elm Street Four, the dream, you know, the dream master. Yeah. You know, at the very end, when they're pitching a coin into a fountain, you see the image of somebody in a red and green sweater, a wet and green sweater, just standing by the pond, hunting wascally wabbits. <laughs> and so, you know, the shit is not going to end. Yeah. Then you have the dream child. And you have that whole bullshit. Until you finally get to Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which I have only seen once. 
But that promised on the poster that yeah. Freddy was going to die. Until they came out with Wes, you know, Wes Craven's new nightmare and that whole shit. I think what they did was promised you not to string you along, in other oh, words. I got you. I got you. And and when I look at those and when I look at horror franchises like that, yeah. I don't want to be strung along for years and years and years. And I mm -hmm. think what they're doing it, and very carefully is just saying, look, you've only got one more movie after this. That's it. Then it's over. We're done. We're not going to fuck you over. We're 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 not going to leave this ambiguous. We're calling this Halloween ends. Mm. And this way, you you know, whatever that ending turns out to be, mm -hmm. a transference of evil, Michael goes into the ground, you know, Laurie and Michael both die, whatever. Whatever the ending turns out to be will be an end. So that you don't have this whole mishigas of Halloween's four, five, six, and all that other sort of crap. Yeah. So I think they're actually doing us a service, and in turn, that's goosing the box office. Mm. You know that this is part two of well, all right, trying to not exclude one, but having to exclude one just because of the whole current trilogy. In this current trilogy, you have Halloween, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. Boom. One yeah. story. One epic story. Mm. And mm. especially in this day and age of streaming and all that other sort of stuff, and there's so much content. Now, I don't want to dick around with another five or six Halloween movies. Because yeah. they are going to go downhill from there, and I think they know that. Yeah. So I trust in them. Do you, do you hear us, guys? <laughs> First of all, put us in your goddamn movie. Please. Second of all, uh, put us in your movie. Third, yeah. we trust in you and and to because you have shown us nothing but love for this whole series the, this yeah. entire time. It's been a labor of love, you can tell. It has been a true labor of love. And where I think a lot of, and, and I am definitely guilty of this, when you watch a movie... And you know you've seen those plot points before, and you know you have seen just whether it's the same actor or the same tropes before, and you go, oh, my God, it's more of the same. Mm -hmm. I think they know this and are very aware and very much like Kevin Feige has a whole outline on his wall of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe going another decade down the road. I think these guys have had a blueprint for where they have wanted Halloween to go since they started concept for the 2018 Halloween. Yeah. So I trust in that. I trust in them. And, and people, first of all, and I don't think we've even name dropped where you can watch this. It's in theaters now. If you have Peacock, and I don't know what they did. They made Peacock somehow a little bit better. At least it streamed a little bit faster for me. I don't know about you. My only complaint... Mm -hmm. uh, and this is going to be super geeky. Lack of 4K. It was just yeah. full high definition. And the second thing is I had, we had to crank up the audio system. Mm. I, the, the loudest I've ever pushed the audio system. So again, getting super geeky. I don't like leaving my audio stuff with the volume of like zero to a hundred. 
I always do it in like the negative decibels. That's how I've always done it. Um, to me, it's just it's it's just easier for me. I've only put it up to like negative twenty decibels. Mm-hmm. That's the highest I've gone on the system, mm-hmm. listening to content, and that's usually like Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus is also very low, so that's as high as I'll go. Maybe nineteen, where I really have to crank it. People, I was at negative four. Damn. That's loud. And that's just that negative four equivalent was equivalent to like a negative nine, like a negative 20 on anything else. For context, if I would have put on and and went to YouTube or another thing, that would have blew out my speakers if I would have went to another piece of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower it once we put our son to bed to like negative six. But if I hadn't, we wouldn't have been able to hear dialogue. So whatever they did, and I watch Peacock monthly because as a wrestling fan, that's where all the, for at least WWE, that's where they do other events, never had an issue because that's almost exclusively what I watch on there. For some reason, this movie was, and maybe they've addressed it, it it's just too low. And I don't know why it's like that. Um at least on my end, that's how it came out. Like I had to really, really crank it. I haven't heard, I haven't really heard anyone else have a similar complaint. So maybe it was my app. Maybe it was, I don't know, but we watched it late in the evening. It wasn't like we watched it like right at 3 a.m. or something. Um, So it, it, it had been on there for a majority of the day. So if you didn't feel like you needed to do that, then I don't know. Maybe it was just my app or something. Now, I, I, so wait, do you have a 5.1 or a 7.1 or a 7.2? We have a 3, 3.1.2. You have, okay. So for, for those uninitiated, he has a left, a center, a right, a subwoofer, and two Atmos speakers. Yeah. I have a 7.2. So a surround sound of seven speakers and two subwoofers. <laughs> it's stupid and I love it. Um, but I always tend to, and I, and I do the one, to, I do the zero to a hundred because mm. that to me is easy. And if anybody has come over or their house sitting or whatever, it's kind of easier for them to grasp the concept of sound. You know, I put this at about a 50 mm. and I usually like listening to stuff at about a 45 Okay. Um, only because I tend to like my movies just a little bit louder, not because I have a, a hearing thing, thank God, but because I want to make sure I'm hearing stuff. Yeah. You know, especially when sound design is such a key thing with movies these days. I didn't have that much of a problem. But then again, if I go back and watch it again at what I consider a quote, end quote, normal volume, like you said, a YouTube volume. Then I'd be able to go back in and say to you, you know what, you're right. They mastered this really, really low. Mm. But yes, lack of 4K sucks, especially when Netflix streams in 4K and so does Amazon Prime. And, you know, you're like, come on, people. If you're trying to compete with like an HBO Max who's been doing this for the for majority of the year, I mean, come on, you're owned by Comcast. You're a conglomerate at this point, right? Like. Yeah. 
there's no reason for your, for your platform to not have that a bit, uh, availability. Now, Especially do you stream it through TV. Comcast? Nope. I or do everything do, through the Apple TV. Through the Apple TV. So your yeah. Apple TV is obviously a 4K Apple TV. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Because right. I do not have a 4K box for Comcast, but I stream Peacock through my 4K Roku. Mm. Hence, I should be able to get 4K content. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So just everybody, you can stream it through Peacock. For free if you have Peacock, or you can go to the movies to see it. I, and this is rare for me, especially since you and I just went to go see Shang-Chi, and that was my first time in a movie theater in like a fucking year and a half. Yeah. I think you will have a good time either way. Yeah. And they're expecting this to to do like $50 million this weekend. Yeah, pretty big. Which is huge. Which is huge, considering that you can also stream it on Peacock. Yeah. So, however you decide to, I give it a ringing endorsement. David gives it a six, six and a half. Yeah, with mind open to to that possibly going up with the more, the more time, the more times I view it and look at things in context, I think I think that score may go up. As it sits right now, there's just some things. We didn't even get into the whole uh, other escaped inmate subplot that I really didn't care for, but yeah, what the fuck was that? That a political commentary on a movie that we don't need it from. I I didn't. He mentioned that David Gordon Green mentioned that this next movie will deal with. situations revolving like some political commentary and the pandemic and i'm like listen you're an artist i'm not going to tell you how to do your art because you're you are an artist so you're entitled to do whatever it is right Mm -hmm. that being said i cannot watch a movie where you show me a woman being murdered by a fluorescent light tube in her neck and mm-hmm. then kind of shoo in some political commentary in there. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the, that's, this is, I'm going in and I'd like to think of myself as pretty open, pretty liberal, uh, open-minded. That being said, it's, it's Halloween, right? I, I'm yeah. for Halloween shit. Yeah, I don't need a subplot of you see. This is the dangers of mob mentality. You know, you you get strung up by an idea, and even Lori uses the word sheep. Yeah, she does. She's yelling, "Don't be sheep!" Yeah, don't be sheep. As yeah. Doyle leads this charge, which "Evil dies tonight" is pretty. It's a good catchphrase the first time you hear it. Yeah. On the 20th time, you're like, guys, I'm yeah, come on. With you. He's going through you like butter. Yeah. If I were you, I'd just stay in the hospital. Truth be told, this is the safest place you could be right now. Just stay here and just let Michael stay home for the night. But, but I didn't even know, like, 
that that's that was the commentary of of mob mentality and I don't want to use this word, but cancel culture and all that. It was a kind yeah. of you get wrapped up in this idea. Hey, is that Michael? That's Michael. That's him. That's him. And people get wrapped uh, up in this idea uh, and they see red and then that was it. I figure I figured it out. That's another homage, actually. In the original yeah. Halloween 2. Yeah. When they think they're they have Michael in the street and they hit him with the car, and the I is it they hit him with the car and the car blows up or some shit and they realize that it ain't him. It's, it's I think, the, yeah, unintentional I think, things for me out of two. I always laugh and it's and I shouldn't, but they do the old timey thing where they, you know, back in the day when they needed the car to go a certain thing, they would speed up the film. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just been- and, and it just looks cheesy. And you can tell that this the poor sap who's dressed as Michael Myers is walking really fast, like, it's not me. It's not me. Stop chasing me. Poor Ben Tramer could have been uh, with 78, 90, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is, I mean, she's the best. Yeah, we're talking absolutely. 78 Jamie Lee Curtis. Ben Tramer could have had it all. And here he is fucking <laughs> trick-or-treating minding his own goddamn business. Of all the luck in the world, he happened to pick the exact same costume. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I forgot that was Ben Tramer, too. And the Haddonfield the, the Police Department apparently outfitted their entire police department with Ford Pintos. Because the minute that car hit the van, boom, it explodes. It combusted. It wasn't even like, oh my God, you squished him to death. It's like, no, he's he's gone. There's no doubt about that. Ben Tramer got lit up. And that scene but you but you but you're right. Like all of a sudden this escaped patient comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're chasing him. And yes, and I get it. And I, I, I even recognize the homage to the to Halloween too, and and all this other sort of jazz. And I get it, but it it seems shoehorned in there. Yeah, it see. But I I guess they did that to show the ruthlessness of the mob. To you know to and then the whole speech of you know we're evil, we're just as evil or whatever and blah, blah, blah. That's anyway. It kind of felt weird because it wasn't like, <laughs> I will say, and a lot of, a lot of people have been com having this very similar thoughts about how there's really not too many likable characters in this movie that you really like root for. Um, I tend to agree. Like I didn't really find Karen, Karen's character, all that. I found her more frustrating in this one than I did the first one. At least the first one, you have context. You know, she's frustrated, but you get it. She's been dealing with this shit for 40 years from for her mom. She doesn't have a good relationship with her. She has a daughter now. She's trying to do the right thing. Okay, she's, she's, she's rude to her mom, but it's with, you understand why. I mean, she was taken away from her mom when she was a kid. You get it. But now we know that it's true, right? You lie to her. Right off the bat, you say, yeah, mom, we, we killed him. You know he's alive. 
and you know he's going to kill more people. It is only going to be an, an inevitability that someone's going to barge in that room and tell your mom, Michael's alive, or she's going to see it somewhere. Where did you think that was going to go? Where you said, I didn't know how to tell you. I understand you're trying to protect your mom, but in that moment, again, it's it's little things like that where you could have cut off that whole subplot of the escaped inmate, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And added more of those, those moments I felt like we didn't have. You know, Karen gets that moment to grieve over her husband by herself. Allison kind of has it. They have those moments together. There's like one or two scenes, but there wasn't enough of, of the three strolled women together where they could have had this big kind of thing. And I felt like that, that whole escaped inmate, because even when they, they look at the, the, the stuff in the bar, right? When they talk about it, they show the, the long Figaro dude in the umbrella they show him, and then Tommy Doyle looks down, and they show Michael out of focus. And, you know, he just goes, oh, well, he always wore a mask. How do we know it's not him? And it's like, dude, he looks like the penguin. He's four mm. foot nothing. Yeah. You really think this is Mike. Right, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so brutal. He, he throws himself off the window, and you think, all right, that's an you know, they'll show him dead maybe, but they show his fucking arm and leg and he's twitching and his brains are splattered. And you're like, yeah, his, his head exploded. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't serve a a point here. Like, well, but the point was the mob mentality, the danger of the mob mentality. And going after something sight unseen without fact. I get why they did it. That is one of the things that I called bullshit on when I was watching this. And again, the reason I don't give it a 10 out of 10 is in part because of that. I think that was just weird, but okay. Um, But again, I see it sort of as just a ramp up from the original Halloween two. So I'm willing to take it in that light. But isolated by itself, no, it was gratuitous. You didn't need it. That yeah. that you know, the only if the only likable character is this poor schmuck who who kills himself to escape the wrath of a mob, then all right. That yeah. you, you don't need to do that. But again, my biggest problem with this movie is why the fuck Judy Greer uh Jody Greer, Judy Greer, Judy Greer goes up the stairs in Murder House. Yeah. By why, herself. Why would you do that? And a, a lot of the other stuff I, I liked, we got context as to why my, it always felt like Michael was had a, some weird, wicked sense of humor. And it's mm. Hawkins saying he's a six-year-old boy. And it's little yeah. nuggets of, infer, of exposition like that that it falls through the wayside because it's moving at such a breakneck speed. You don't have a second to process that. Yeah. If you take, if you let those moments breathe where you're like, Oh my God, of course. Cause even with big John and little John, really <laughs> little John was probably the most redeemable character. out of Actually everything. I like their characters, big John, and they would call out to each other in the house oh, to make sure that they were I still thought, okay. I mean, granted it's, 
Michael McDonald, who we've all loved from Matt TV. He was always great. But like, I thought Little John was like the the best uh, character in the sense that like he didn't do anything offense. Like he didn't do anything. St- I mean, the only stupid thing was going after him with a fucking knife from a charcuterie board. But yeah, well, um, you know. And then standing in the way and just says, "Oh, you just wanted to come home." Like, not nah, at that point. Your your husband's eyes are popped out, brother. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Michael's not gonna do anything. But I say all that to say, we get these little nuggets of context that make sense, and maybe it's a movie that requires more rewatches. But I feel like if you just had those moments again, an hour forty five, it's a quick watch. But if you get those moments to just breathe a little bit, just breathe, have those moments where you, if you, if you remove that, that subplot with the other escaped inmate, there's other ways to tell that story about the mob without it, without it being that way, um, where you can have those conversations between Lori, Karen, and, and Allison. Where, where when Lori finds out that Michael hasn't been after her this whole time, right? Where she kind of goes, you know what? I'm done fighting. I've done all I can do. Karen, I, 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 I spent my entire life sacrificed so much thinking that this was going to be the way to raise you and that you would be safe. And I gave up so much and that thing has taken so much away from me at this, like at this point I, and Karen somehow goes, you know what? We'll keep you, you, you did what you could to make me. And then Tommy kind of does that, but it kind of feels a little unearned because we didn't see Tommy in the 2018 movie. So you, you're catching up with this character, but they get a second of screen time before he's like, Oh, I'll give everything for you, Lori. And it's like, ah, we didn't really get, at least for me, we didn't get there just yet. Where she has that moment with Karen and Karen decides, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck this guy who's taken, he's taken my husband, my mom. He's almost taking my daughter. No. And you have that moment where Karen decides, you know what? I will be, and you can still have that tragic moment in the end where she, where she passes. And now Lori has to, okay, now I'm, I'm really going to come after you. Um, Cause now you've gone ahead and made it personal. It doesn't have to go that way. I'm spitballing. What I'm saying is have that moment where Allison and, and Lori, cause now we're going to jump ahead or Allison, Lori and Karen have that, good screen time together where they can explain and talk about so much shit. Cause a lot of shit could have been solved if the three of them were in a room together. A well, lot of things could have been solved if they were in the room talking but, to each other real quick. Ah, uh, yes. But sir, you, you think that characters make sense in movies? <laughs> no, they don't. Because think about it. Movies would be 45 fucking minutes. If people yeah. actually talk to each other. Yeah. And TV shows would be 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, I, I, if, yeah. I, I just so, wanted a, a little bit more of those character moments. It doesn't have to be like a great deep dive, but just there are certain things that you didn't need to keep. That for me, that whole sub 
plot uh, of the escaped inmate I felt could have been better served elsewhere to where you could still advance the story where you need to go. If you remove that whole subplot, does it really take away anything from the movie in general? Like the major beats still, we still get it, there. It does. And, and the only thing that I would argue, and then we really should end because we're at like an hour and 40 minutes, yeah. but, but um, no, that's all right. But I think it serves. And I think you need to see the bloody end of that to show how bloodthirsty the mob is. You need that visual impact of, we killed this penguin looking motherfucker, even though he is no in no way, shape or form, the same physical shape, no pun intended, as Michael Myers. But we're going to go after him anyway, because we need to go after something. We are mad and we are going to kill something yeah, without, <laughs> yeah, with, I, I you worry. know, yeah. without any kind of fact. And then we go, oh, damn, we fucked up. Well, he was just a mental patient anyway. That's 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 what it came across, like oh, it, right, it, exactly. Like well, ah, well, I messed up, but we're gonna keep going. Like like you dick, you just killed an innocent person anyway. Oh, God, yeah, but I. I but anyway, I folks, Halloween Kills is is brand spanking new, and as we approach Halloween. I'm even going to say this. I'm going to take two seconds and, and just say this. I think all of the Halloween movies are worth a watch. Yeah. You know, and we get into a lot of alternative universe shit now. And we didn't even go into like DC fandom and we didn't get into the Marvel universe. And, and but everybody is doing the multiverse. My thing with the with Halloween is that if you are me and Patty's age. And again, just making the differential between us and David, because David grew up with Halloween four on TV. I grew up with them in the movies. Mm. You know, if you are, if, if that's what you grew up with, those are your Halloween movies. They're still my Halloween movies. Just because they're not Canon doesn't mean they can't be enjoyed. Yeah. And, and so, I, I I have seen Halloween three a couple of times. I don't ever need to see it again. I think the concept was there, uh, but trust me, stick with the Michael Myers part of the Halloween saga. You will never, ever, ever go wrong with the original 1978 Halloween. Never. My favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah. Same here. Hall- Halloween two. Decent sequel taking place on the same night, very much like Halloween Kills takes place mm-hmm. on the exact same night. So they did that well as well, you know, and then Halloween four, Halloween five. Appreciate those for the cheesiness of them, the 80s of them, if you will. Also, yeah, also the screen debut of Paul Rudd. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the last screen uh, performance by Donald Pleasance, if you really want to go kind of old school Hollywood. Do you need to see H- H2O? Yeah, that's kind of fun. Why? Because that's the screen debut of one Josh Hartnett. You know, Halloween actually, and, and the original Halloween was the screen debut of Jamie Lee Curtis. Halloween has launched a lot of careers. And wasn't that the first movie that Jamie Lee Curtis and her mom 
work together. We're in. Yep. With an, a little homage to Psycho. With, with, a, with a, a big homage to yeah. Psycho in there, you know. And then Resurrection. Oh, God damn, that was a piece of shit. Listen, uh, <laughs> you go into it knowing it's going to be bad, and you just watch it knowing it's going to be bad, you'll have the time of your life. Watch it. Exactly. Waste it. That's the best. That's the best. Right. Watch it for what it is. And that's why I contend, and I will end on this note, that is why I fully expect Halloween will end on October the 14th, 2022. The way that they promise it, Halloween ends. Because they're not going to do a Busta Rhymes new (laughs) Halloween movie. (laughs) But anyway, this has been fun. Oh, yeah. I have I love geeking out over stuff like this, and I'm glad we saved it and didn't talk about it until now there to could flesh these two. things out. And we could there, have, could, there could very well be a part two of the same conversation. Oh, I, I know. And and but but you can always go into that, and that's the fun thing about movies, especially this time of year. I don't think anybody's gonna go wrong, but if you really want to stay pure. And not get bogged down into the Halloweens four, five, and six, and all that other sort of shit. Watch Halloween, then watch the first ten minutes of Halloween Kills, then watch Halloween twenty eighteen, and then watch the rest of Halloween Kills, chronologically speaking. Yeah, you know they kind of pull a Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift on us in there for a hot second. But um, but anyway, those are solid movies, and okay. I'm I'm Roger Ebert. What? Give me a hell portal and just bring back all the Michaels from all the universes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Halloween holds a very special place to me. I love these movies, and now talking with you about them, it it really does my heart good. So thank you, man. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate Thank that. You. Like, yeah, Halloween has always been my favorite. Um, like I said, from being a kid, watching two and four and five, and then when I first saw one and the impact it had on me, it scared the shit out of me. And it, uh, over the years, just learning to just appreciate the movie for what it was. And no, it wasn't the first slasher ever made, but it set the standard for slasher's moving forward and a lot of the tropes that you see today are because of halloween and a little movie with a budget of three hundred thousand dollars that used the captain kirk mask and a guy in overalls to have the impact that it's had 40 years later it's every time this it comes around it's, it's this time of year comes around it's what i always gravitate towards too there's other horror movies that i love but Halloween's always going to hold that uh, special place. Also reminds me that they dropped new episodes of movies that made us on Netflix. And they talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, RoboCop, and the original Halloween. So just as an aside, spend an hour and learn if you haven't seen it or haven't seen any other documentary about the making of the original Halloween that's worth an hour of your time to sit back and and see what guerrilla filmmaking actually was. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for for listening. Patty and I are going to be back next week. We're going to talk about like more 
general Halloween stuff, plus a few new things that we've watched. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Engage with us on social media and hit and go to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that contact us button. Let us know what your favorite Halloween movie is. For some people, it's Hocus Pocus. For some people, it's Fright Night. For me, it's Halloween. Let us know. I would love to hear it. Or engage with us on social media and let us know. At symbol, the watch list pod. And I appreciate you, David. Thank you so much as always. I appreciate you, Bill. Thanks for having me again. All right, everybody. You guys take care. Mask up. Be safe. And happy Halloween. Ha, 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 ha.